Seated. Well, kids, I've got uh, some really hard questions for you this morning. So you're going to have to put your thinking caps on for today, okay? Would you ever wash perfectly clean clothes that had just come out of the washing machine? Thank you. No, you wouldn't, okay? Uh, Would you ever clean a spotlessly clean glass that had just come out of the dishwasher? No, that would be silly. Uh, Would you ever brush your smooth and fresh teeth right after you left the dentist chair? No, we wouldn't do that. Would you ever get out the hose and the bucket and the sponge and wash a dirt-free car that has just come out of the car wash? No, we wouldn't do that. Would you ever uh, wash your hands immediately after stepping out of the shower? No, you wouldn't do that. Kids, why, why would you not do any of those things? Because it, because you're already clean, it's not necessary, it's a waste of time. These are excellent answers, right? That's absolutely correct. There's no need to do any of those things because they are already clean. So kids, here's my million dollar question for you, okay? If you would never clean something that's already clean... Then why did Jesus get baptized? What? Rhetorical question. (laughs) I want you to just think on that one for a few minutes. Oh, you want to collect a million dollars, yeah. Think on that one for a minute, okay? That's what we're going to be talking about this morning, uh, kids. So on your activity sheet, there are some questions to help you uh, listen along as you contemplate that question, okay? Church, this morning, uh, we are considering the story of Jesus' baptism, which I believe is one of the most famous but least understood events in all of Jesus' life. I mean, I mean, think about it. Most Christians know that this event happened. We know that Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River. We know this story. We're familiar with it. But far fewer of us, it seems, by the amount that we talk about it and the amount that we emphasize it, understand the significance of this event and the implications that it has on our lives. And if we compare Jesus' baptism with any of the other major events in his life, this quickly becomes apparent, right? For example, we know why Jesus' birth was important. Because it was the moment that God entered into our world in order to make himself known and to to show his love for us. And this means that we have a God who is with us. And we know why Jesus' ministry and, and, and the miracles that he performed were important. Because they demonstrated the presence and the power of the kingdom of God that had come among us. Where healing and freedom and life that is truly life are offered to all who encounter and know Christ. We also know why Jesus' death and his resurrection are important. Because by them, Jesus paid the penalty for our sins so that we could be forgiven. 
And he conquered death in order to offer us eternal life in him. Lastly, if we look to Jesus' ascension back into heaven, we know why that was important. Because it is from the right hand of the Father that Jesus reigns and rules over all. Intercedes on our behalf and sends to us his Holy Spirit. We know the significance and the implications for our lives about all of these other major events of Jesus' life. And we talk about them often. But what's the big deal about his baptism? Why did Jesus do it? And why does it matter for our lives? Why don't we ever talk about that? If you're at all uncertain about that, then don't worry because you are in very good company. Even John the Baptist, who the Bible describes as the greatest prophet to have ever lived and who was sent by God to prepare the way for Jesus' coming and who was the very one who performed Jesus' baptism, even he didn't understand what this was all about. In Matthew's account of this event, we're told that when Jesus came to John to be baptized, John tried to prevent it, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? It didn't make any sense to John the Baptist like it doesn't make much sense to us. Why would a man who had never done anything wrong need a baptism of repentance? Why would someone who had no stain of sin need to be washed in the cleansing waters? That's what we're considering from our text this morning as we ask the questions, why was Jesus baptized and why does it matter to us? And so if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open it with me to Isaiah chapter 42 and Mark chapter 1 as we consider the baptism of Jesus. To begin to understand why Jesus was baptized, we need to first look back, ultimately all the way back to the very beginning of this story, but for our purposes this morning, uh, back to the prophet Isaiah. And in the book of Isaiah, uh, the prophet's message is largely broken into two major divisions. The first 39 chapters of, the, uh, of Isaiah are a message of warning and of judgment on both the people of God and the nations of the world for their sin. All had rebelled against God and had been unfaithful to Him. They had rejected His ways. They had gone after other gods. And so the judgment of God was going to come upon the earth as a result. That's basically the first 39 chapters of Isaiah's prophecy. It's a dark and grim picture of the deserved judgment that lied ahead for mankind because of their sin. But beginning in chapter 40 and continuing for the rest of the book, there's a significant change that occurs. And after a long litany of devastating warnings and judgments leading up to this point, in chapter 40, the Lord begins to speak words of comfort and hope to His people. And in chapter 42, which we read earlier, we heard what that comfort was. When God promised His people, and all the people of the earth ultimately, that He was going to send a servant to make things right. What the people couldn't do for themselves, 
make things right in their relationship with God, God was going to do for them. And so whereas previously the world was under judgment for all of the injustices that they had committed, God's servant was going to bring forth justice. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Rather than snuffing them out in judgment, God's servant was going to care for and to protect the vulnerable and the weak. Isaiah 42, verse 3. And no matter what opposition he faced in this work, God's servant would not stop until he had made right all that had gone wrong. Isaiah 42, 4. And in verses 6 through 9, God declared that he would send his servant in righteousness to be a light for the nations, to open eyes that are blind, to set prisoners free. He was coming to make all things right. And this passage ends with a profound statement that the former things have come to pass and now new things God now declares. Before they spring forth, God says, I tell you of them. The old plan of judgment on the world had passed. And instead there was a new thing that God was going to do. All through the servant that he would one day send. Of course, he's speaking of Jesus. And so fast forward some 700 years into the future and all the way to Mark chapter 1 in your Bibles when Jesus entered into the world. And having, after having lived a life of almost total obscurity for the, his first 30 years where we know nothing about Jesus, except that he got lost one day and that he grew. The same thing that is true of absolutely every other adolescent boy that's ever been born. After a life of total anonymity, one day Jesus joined in with the crowds that were going out into the wilderness to be baptized by a wild and woolly prophet named John the Baptist. Now Mark's account of this event, which we uh, heard read this morning, gives us very little detail. But in Matthew's Gospel, we're told that in response to John the Baptist's hesitancy to baptize Jesus, because John knew that Jesus was so much greater than he was, so he didn't want to do it. But in response to John's hesitancy, Jesus said, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And so John consented and he baptized Jesus. And immediately afterwards, as Jesus came up out of the waters, we're told that the heavens were torn open, that the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus like a dove, and that a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And in that moment, and in those two statements spoken by Jesus and from heaven, we have all that we need to understand the purpose of Jesus' baptism and why it matters for our lives. To help us see that, we're going to briefly consider these two statements that were spoken at the baptism. First, we're going to consider the voice from heaven, which was accompanied by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And there are three aspects of this that are important. First is the declaration of Jesus um, 
identity as being God's son, meaning that he was sent from heaven. The second aspect of this that's important is the acknowledgement that Jesus is beloved by God and that God is well pleased with him. A statement of God's pleasure and his approval of his son. And the third aspect of this that's important is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The clear sign of God's presence with and upon Jesus. These are three significant points of the voice from heaven spoken at the baptism. All of which link Jesus directly back to our Old Testament passage from Isaiah 42. Identifying him as the Lord's chosen servant who had come to bring justice and righteousness to the earth. And when you look back at Isaiah 42 verse 1 and compare it with the voice from heaven at Jesus' baptism, you can't miss the connection. In Isaiah 42, God said, Behold my servant. Look to the one that's my servant. In Mark chapter 1, God said, This is my son. In Isaiah 42, God said, This is the one in whom my soul delights. Mark 1, God said, This is the one, with him I am well pleased. In Isaiah 42, God said, I have put my spirit upon him. And in Mark 1, the spirit of God descended on Jesus like a dove. Heaven sent with the approval of the Father and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Lord's chosen who was sent to establish justice and bring righteousness to the earth. And Jesus knows that's who he is because he said so right before he was baptized. When Jesus told John the Baptist that he needed to be baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness, this is what he meant. He was identifying himself as the chosen servant from Isaiah 42 who was called in righteousness to establish justice. And his baptism was an essential part of that process. Why is that the case? Well, think about it. In the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, the entire world was warned of the coming judgment of God because of their sin and their unrighteousness. And in the last 25 chapters of Isaiah, God's people are comforted by the fact that God was going to send a servant in order to save them and to make things right. But how was he going to do it? How would God's servant transform the situation here on earth so that all of the people of the world could be changed from deserving the condemnation of God to receiving the comfort of God. How would God's servant do this? Ultimately, what we know is that Jesus brought forth justice into the world by bearing our injustice himself. He established righteousness by enduring Our unrighteousness. Upon the cross, he bore the judgment of our sin in his body. This is why on the day of his baptism, when John the Baptist looked at Jesus in John chapter 1, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
Jesus came as God's chosen servant to be God's chosen sacrifice that would die in our place. Whereas the Apostle Paul proclaims in 2 Corinthians 5 that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus fulfilled his role as the chosen servant, establishing justice and righteousness by becoming a sin bearer of the world taking our unrighteousness and our injustices upon himself. And this is why his baptism was so important. Because it's the moment that he identified with us in our sin. It's a little bit how like we might identify ourselves with a sports team that we are a fan of, that we want to be associated with, right? If I put on a light blue shirt with a picture of a dirty footprint on it, right? then I'm identifying myself as a Tar Heel. Now, I'm associating with that team. I'm saying, I'm one of them. I'm about what they're about. I'm associated with everything that they are associated with. This is how we identify with others that are, that are like-minded. In, this, in the same way here, Jesus was demonstrating that He identifies with us In our sin, he put on the clothes of repentance, if you will, through the waters of baptism. The only difference being that we go into the waters hoping to get away from our sins, but he entered into the waters in order to get intimately close to our sins. And so whereas it was in his birth that Jesus came and identified with us as humanity. It was in his baptism that he came and identified with us in our fallen and broken humanity. He couldn't commit sin in order to identify with us in sin, or else he'd be under the same judgment for sin that we are. But in his baptism, Jesus made clear that this is what his life was about. He was here to enter into our sin, to associate with us in our brokenness, to engage with us in our great needs, the need to be forgiven, the need to be washed clean, ultimately the need to be saved from God's judgment. In his baptism, Jesus came to associate with and identify and become like those whom he came to save. This is why Jesus was baptized. To show us who he was as God's chosen servant. To show us what he was all about. Fulfilling all righteousness and making things right between God and man. And to show us how he was going to do it. By associating himself with our sin. In order that he ultimately might become our sin bearer on the cross. That's why Jesus was baptized. Why does it matter for us? There's three reasons that I want to highlight this morning. The first is that Jesus' baptism reminds us that God is not unfamiliar with our sin. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, they tried to hide from God. 
They didn't want God to know what they had done. They didn't want God to see them in their sin. And that's a natural tendency for every human being. Our default mode is to try to hide ourselves and our sin from God. But what Jesus' baptism tells us is that that's totally unnecessary. Jesus' baptism reminds us that he is fully familiar with our sin. The very first significant thing that Jesus did in his life after coming to earth was to enter into the waters of baptism in order to identify himself with our sins. He got down into the muck with us. He knows the things that we've done wrong. He knows our guilt and our shame. He knows the harm that it does to us and to others. That's why he was sent as God's chosen servant. That's why he was baptized in in the Jordan by John. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way that we have been. He knows the power that sin has in our lives. And he can sympathize with us in our weaknesses in these areas. And the point of knowing all of that is simply this. That you don't have to hide yourself or your sin from your God. You won't surprise him with your sin. You can't do anything that will make him turn away from you in your sin. He's chosen to enter into those waters with you. You don't have to hide from God. Which leads to the second implication of Jesus' baptism for our lives. That God is not afraid to engage with us in our sins. there's There's a common misunderstanding in the church that God cannot look upon sin. And that he is too holy to be in the presence of sin. Which only reinforces our unhealthy desires to try to hide our sin from him. But Jesus, by his baptism and all throughout his life, shows us that that simply is not true. Jesus' baptism was an intimate an immersive engagement with our sin. And immediately after his baptism and all throughout his ministry, he was constantly engaging with sinners and their sin. He regularly ate with tax collectors and sinners. He allowed a woman of ill repute to anoint his feet with oil and her tears. He was protective of and gentle with and gracious towards a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. He went into the home of and was a guest of Zacchaeus, a despised financial cheat. Jesus touched the unclean, engaged with the demon-possessed, made a traitor one of his disciples. Engaging with sinners is the entire reason why Jesus came to the earth. In his own words... He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to myself in repentance. 
This is what his baptism reminds us. That we don't only need, that we not only don't need to hide our sin from God, but that we can engage him with it. We can bring it before him. We can confess it to him. We can ask for his help with it in our lives. Our battle against sin isn't one that we can fight on our own. And Jesus' baptism reminds us that we don't have to. He's come to do it with us and ultimately for us. Which leads me to the final implication of Jesus' baptism. That God is able to overcome the sin in our lives. We see this in our New Testament reading today out of Acts chapter 10. When Peter recounted the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, which was experienced when after this baptism, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. And what Peter is saying is that immediately following Jesus' baptism, in the power of God, Jesus began to undo the works of sin and the devil in our lives and in this world. He went about doing good. In righteousness, he was establishing justice on the earth. He went about healing all who were oppressed by the devil, opening the eyes of the blind, setting free those who were enslaved in their sin. In the power of God, Jesus began to do the very thing God's chosen servant had been sent to do. To deliver us from the effects and the judgment of our sin. And he wants to do the same for you. And so church, if there's any area of your life where some kind of sin has you feeling ashamed or enslaved, or beaten down, to the point where your life feels like a bruised reed that could easily be broken, or a faintly burning wick that could easily be snuffed out. Jesus' baptism is good news for you. Because it reminds us that we have a God who sees us in our sin, who isn't afraid to draw intimately near to engage us in that sin and who has the power to overcome and to set us free from it. As Christians, we go into the waters of baptism to get clean from our sins. But Jesus entered into the waters of baptism to take on our sins. Let the profound implications of that Play out in your heart, in your mind, and your life in new and fresh ways today and for all of the days that you live. For God's glory and for our good. Amen.